Welcome to the Flyover Ministry Podcast, a practical youth ministry podcast for small church leaders by small church leaders. We are grateful that you have joined us for our journey through ministry-related topics that we hope help equip and encourage you as you serve Jesus wherever you are. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Dan. And I'm Jordan. And this is Flyover Ministry. We are continuing on with Tim Barnett as uh, we talk about apologetics this week. And Jordan, I'm going to pass it off over to you because realizing here, as we were re- recording last week's episode, that you were just kind of fly on the wall listening and appreciating the input still that uh, Tim is giving. But I'm going to pass this off over to you so that you can have a little bit of interaction here. So people know that you're still with us, alive and well. Well, you know, the fly on the wall, that's where my homeboys are. That's where I'm comfortable. So I'm okay with that. The Um, (laughs) wallflowers? Something. I'm a behind-the-scenes guy sometimes, which why I'm in front of people, I don't know. I'm definitely not a good hype guy. But anywho, um, this week, what we're going to be talking about specifically with Tim is just a little bit of the how. And we, we touched on this a little bit last week as he brought up this great idea of, like, watching a video or even saying, okay, we're going to cover this issue. Let's see what we can find on your own next week. Um, And I think if you get into the pattern of that with students, they might be more ready to actually commit the time into that. That's something that I would be curious about with my group. But um, Mm -hmm. we want to cover a little bit of the how. What are some different ways that we can bring apologetic content and, and motivation to our students? And um, actually, this this connects with Tim. I'm going to introduce uh, this concept with a story. Um, it was one of our Fly Beyond conferences that we were doing, and Tim was there. He had been there the year previously, so this was the second time we had him. And we knew that there'd be some students who had been there previously who were familiar with Tim. And um, but we he has a presentation where he shows up as kind of like we've talked about deconstruction. So he shows up now playing the devil's advocate, as it were. And start saying like, well, why do you believe this? I don't believe this is true anymore. And it was interesting as a leader who kind of planned this to see the responses of students um, as they're wrestling with some of the objections that he brings up. And and there was a range from some students were upset, like they're angry. Why would we bring an unbeliever here to teach them? Some were concerned for Tim, just like what happened to him? Um, But it, it also created an opportunity where there was this time where Tim was going back and forth with the students. And I don't know if you remember that, Tim, but I was really proud with how our kids were, for the most part, pretty respectful. Uh, And it it got to, it was leading to a conversation about how do we engage with uh, people who don't necessarily believe what we do. But I remember as far as the methodology, that was a really powerful thing for our students to walk through and see some of the why uh, behind what we talk about. So Tim, what, what kind of thoughts or ideas do you have as far as ways we can introduce this content to students? Yeah, this is a really good question. This is like the rubber meeting the road. Um, And this is, so this is, this is a good place to, to, to camp out for a bit. Um, I, I like to um, say that the biggest problem with young people today isn't atheism. It's apathyism. Okay. It is that Mm. they, they, it's not that they're all atheists. Now, it, there is actually a spike in Gen Z um, in the numbers that will proclaim 
and confess they are now atheists. In fact, it's doubled. It used across the generational spectrum, boomers, millennials, Gen Xers, and Gen Zers, it's about 6% of our culture will say they're atheists. But when it comes to Gen Z, it jumps to like 13, 14%, which is, um, it's, it's fascinating. And uh, we maybe could talk about why that is. But I actually think the bigger problem in the church isn't atheism, it's apathyism. It's people who just don't care about God. How do you get, I get parents coming to me all the time, how do I get my kids to care about any of this stuff? And my response is, you beat them up. Now, I don't mean physically, okay? I don't mean like you hold your kid down and just start, you know, dropping blows on them or something. No, I'm, I'm talking about um, a method that we have been using at Stand to Reason for years. I didn't invent it. In fact, um, in the last show, we talked about Sean McDowell, and this is where I got the idea from. Uh, Sean McDowell will come in and do an atheist role play, and oftentimes he doesn't tell the students that he's a Christian. And so you get this really raw kind of response from the students. This is kind of what Jordan, you were alluding to is, you know, you show up and what I'll typically do is I will give a uh, 15 minute presentation slides, everything kind of making the case that Christianity is, is nonsense. That the idea that the Trinity doesn't make sense, it's a contradiction. The incarnation is a contradiction. What about the problem of evil? Have you guys heard of science? Science has shown miracles don't happen. You know, I just go, I just like launch in kind of rapid fire, probably six or seven big challenges in 15 minutes. And uh, Bible's got contradictions. And then I just, and then I throw it out to them. And I actually have... Um, some glasses I put on and I call them my atheist glasses. So when I'm wearing those, I'm in full atheist mode and I, and then we interact. Okay. Christians, you guys call yourself Christians. Now's your time to, to convert me. Now's your time to answer the challenges. Now's your time to make a comment. And that's when you get to see the kids come to life. And what's really fascinating is sometimes it's a kid that's really shy that ends up, you know, putting their hand up because, you know, they, they know something maybe other kids don't, or you get kids that, you know, are really bold, but they have no knowledge behind their boldness. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what to say. And, and really it's like, you know, they're trying to answer the Trinity, but they end up like espousing some kind of heresy. And you're thinking inside, I'm thinking that's not the right approach, kid. You know, <laughs> trying um, is the that's key mod- word. That's, that's modalism, Patrick, you know, that yes. kind of thing. There it is. <laughs> Yeah. So, so you, but, but the courage was there, you know? And so I think you, you, so this is the kind of exercise where we're going to, we're going to assess kind of at the end here, how well do you think you did? And, and I think this is true of, of kind of a lot of situations when your backs against the wall, it's fight or flight, you know, and this is a way that we can get the students to care a little bit, you know, like they're raised in a Christian home this might be the first time that they've um, been exposed to an atheist kind of in person right in front of them, basically saying what you guys believe isn't true. Now I do it. I do it with a smile on my face. You know, I'm not trying to be the mean atheist or the grumpy atheist, but I am, I am kind of attacking their fundamental beliefs or at least what they claim to be their fundamental beliefs. And when they don't have a, when they don't have a solution to the problem, when they don't have an answer, you can see the panic. 
Um, I've had girls sitting in the front row. They wouldn't even look at me for the entire time I'm speaking. Like no <laughs> eye contact whatsoever. I, I did this at an event in Vancouver, a big conference, you know, big church, bunch of youth groups showed up. The youth pastor who invited me didn't tell the other youth pastors that I was a Christian. Oh, no. <laughs> this guy stands up in the middle of my atheist deal and starts yelling at me like the like the parent or I don't know if it was a parent or a youth pastor, but he got his entire group to stand up and they started heading for the door in the middle of my presentation after he yelled at me after he said, none of what you're saying is true. And I said, like what? And he just turned around. It was one of these like, okay, this dude wants to go toe to toe. Let's go, you know, kind of sure. thing. Because I couldn't, I couldn't break character, you know. Now the youth uh -huh. pastor did chase him down and explain things, and he came and apologized to me. And here's what he said to me: He said, "Tim, I didn't know how to respond to what you were saying, and uh -huh. so my only defense was to protect, was to get him out of here. Like I, I closed their ears, you know, that kind of thing." Yeah. I get that. Isolate, you know, but that's been the church's mentality or some church's mentality for years. Isolate, isolate, isolate. And how's that working out for us? It's not. And so what we do at Standard Reason is we don't isolate, we inoculate. And what we mean by that is, you know, kind of like when you get the flu shot or whatever, you're supposed to be getting something so that your body can fight against it. Well, let's expose our kids to the the ideas that are out there that they're going to face, they're going to hear about these ideas one way or the other. So how about we talk about them in our churches and give them the tools to respond. Mm. And so that's, that's kind of like the, so we get them, we get them motivated with the atheist role play, but it could be a, you could do a man, you could do a Jehovah's witness role play. You could do the Mormon role play. You could do the Islam role play. You could do the LGBT advocate role play. You could, you know what I'm saying? Like there's, mm -hmm. there's all these issues out there. And, and, um, I've talked to pastors and they said, you know, Tim, what we do is we just, we do the role play thing. And every time I come in as that person, and then we talk about those issues. So I present them as best I can. Now I've had atheists come to me and say, well, why don't you you know, why don't you just have the real atheist in? And you could do that. Now, I would want to have a, you know, I want to be able to control the elements there, okay? And we've done this. We've taken kids to Berkeley and brought in the atheists, the LGBT advocates, and say, you get an hour with our kids, that's it, 60 minutes. And then our kids get to ask any questions, and then you're on. And then we debrief. And so now, now like, the apologist is there to kind of repair the damage if that's what we need to do, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but there, so there's more liability when you bring in the real deal and I'm not, I'm not afraid of that. We can do that. And I, we have done that. Um, I'm just not encouraging it unless you're prepared, you know, like really right. prepared. Um, and I think something that. that I learned from that time with you too, I don't know if you said it or if it was a, a different association that came in my mind, but you think of it kind of like a boxer, right? Someone who's mm. like a fighter and if yeah. they're just existing, then their training regimen is going to be like maintaining staying the status quo. But once they have something that's coming up, once they know there's a fight mm -hmm. that's on the way, it changes how they prepare because now they have, they have strategies that they need to put into place. They have, uh, 
they're aware of, okay, I need to be defending against this. I need to be preparing to attack in this different way. You, you could look at Rocky videos if you want, uh, you know, yeah. old example of that. But and Cue for the music, students, right? Eye of yeah, the Tiger. There you go. But for our students, we can go talk about Go run in the these... woods and punch a rock or something. <laughs> yeah. So our students, we can talk about just like, okay, here's the difference between Jehovah's Witness theology and Christian theology. And that might be helpful but once you hear, like next week, we actually are going to bring somebody in that changes yeah. the game. You know, it's a totally different level. And I, I agree with what you say, Tim, about that. You, you got to be really discerning about what you do. Um, you mm-hmm. can't just invite anybody in. And yeah, you, you need to do the work. But mm-hmm. just that illustration shows there's a difference when you're actually not just covering content, but you're going to force the students to apply what they learn and in the real world. And and I think we can do that with just apologetic questions too, talking about things like um, God and genocide. That's something we've done, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, you open the question. So God is loving, right? Yeah. Does God support and condone genocide? No, God would never do that. Take him to the passage and say, mm-hmm. this sounds kind of like genocide. And so yeah. they're all of a sudden like, you know, kind of does. What do I do? Yeah. Right. And and then you can talk through just the difference between man's sense of justice, God's sense of justice, um, talking about even like where we are in the starting line. Like it's yeah. hard for us to understand. Actually, genocide is kind of what we all deserve because we're all sinners in the face mm-hmm. of a holy God. Like all of us mm-hmm. deserve death. That is what we learn and earn. Mm-hmm. Um and so it just really helps that conversation go forward as you're making those links to them. Yeah. I love that, Jordan. Um, uh, the church we used to attend, the pastor would virtually every sermon start with something like that. Like he would, it wasn't a role play, but it was a question. Okay, Christian, you know, here's what we believe. But what about, have you ever thought about this? And then, and a lot of people are thinking, I never thought about that. Okay, now okay, now are you going to answer it? You know, and then the sermon was going to respond to that somewhere along the way. So you were, you're giving them this hook, you know, and the hook is either the question or the role play or whatever. And now do you want some answers? And that's kind of how we, that's, that's how it works, right? It's, and I end the role play. I'm okay. Do you guys want answers to these challenges now? And everyone in the room's like, of course we do. And that's why, so 15 minutes of presentation, 15 minutes of interaction, 15 minutes of, okay, let me do my best to try to respond to everything I just said. Um, and so that, that is, uh, man, it's just been such an effective tool mm-hmm. for, for multiple reasons. Motivation, now they're not afraid. You know, they've got, kind of got this experience that they have in their belt of, of hearing ideas that weren't just echoing that it wasn't the echo chamber. It wasn't like it was, no, you're getting pushed now because guess what? When you guys leave the church walls, you're going to get pushed one way or the other, whether it's at university or whether it's at your job or whether it's scrolling through TikTok, you're going to have your views attacked or someone's going to push against them. And what do you do when that happens? And so you want to, we want to kind of prepare them for that. Yes, and as a good. leader, my approach has been, like, I recognize um, my lessons are kind of like food that you eat. Like, I don't remember what I ate last Tuesday. Mm. Um, actually, yeah. I do because Tuesday was special. But uh, generally Taco speaking, Tuesday. I don't, well, 
Tuesday was the birth of my my most recent child. So that's that was right. A, Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> so little Boaz joined us on Tuesday morning, and that was a special day. But generally speaking, I don't yeah. remember what I ate, yeah. but I know that that was contributing to the health of my body. Like my body mm-hmm. utilized that. So I know that my students, they're not going to be like, oh, I remember what you talked about two weeks ago or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But so that's humbling. But one thing that I go forward with is I make it my goal. Like, I don't expect my students to remember all of the answers that we give in these apologetics talks. But I Mm -hmm. want them to first get asked that question here by me, whatever they might face. And so they know that there's answers. And so then it's just like, okay, let me go back to that. So that's really one of the goals that I have in my interactions with students. Yeah, cool. I think it would uh, be beneficial as leaders as well to be teaching our students how to respond uh, in, a, in a good manner as well. I mean, mm. yeah, I get what you're saying, Tim. Uh, for that youth worker, I empathize because it's the uh, the protective spirit. Uh, it's also a competitive spirit where apologetics, mm-hmm. um, I think the, the misperce- uh, misconception of it is that uh, you're going toe-to-toe logically with somebody, and of course Christianity yeah. is going to win out because logically it stands to reason. Everything, if you look mm-hmm. at this comprehensively, it does sort itself out by and large part. So how mm-hmm. how we respond in a, in a manner, I mean, even the feedback you've been getting on social media, uh, I don't agree with what you've been saying, but I appreciate how you responded to the content. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we <laughs> people like to argue, people like to fight yeah. and get defensive. And if we yeah. come across as people who are willing to listen and engage and converse instead of argue, I think yeah. that opens up a lot of m- more interesting doors of opportunity to share what we believe. Yeah, people people send me a TikTok or a meme, like I'll get tons this week, you know, and it'll it usually says like, here's one you can take down or here's one you can own. <laughs> but then, then sometimes they'll, they'll add, but in a really loving way, you know, like <laughs> that kind of thing. Like we want you to destroy this argument. Um, and I, seven I guess, easy yeah. steps. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we, yeah. And I got no problem destroying arguments. I just don't want people to think that we destroy people. And you're, Dan, you're exactly right that apologetics has this reputation. Um, because when we, when we get into arguments, it's almost like it's you against me. And now I have to do whatever it takes to take you down, you know? And, um, and that's why guys like Ben Shapiro and, you know, Matt Walsh and their videos will go viral. And it's usually the videos that go viral are the, the takedown video. You know, you have Ben Shapiro in front of an auditorium, kid stands up, asks a question or makes a challenge. Ben Shapiro owns him, you know, whatever that means, owns him. And, um, and, and everyone's like, share, 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 share. And I'll be honest, that's probably related to the success of red pen logic too because you have this kind of competitive here's a video here's you know people are sticking around because they want to hear what i have to say in response right and my hope is that we understand that i'm not trying to take this person down but i do want you to see i want you to think critically about what they said and give you just like here's your here's like the first step in responding because i only spend you know usually two minutes um, saying something, which is nothing. You know, a lot of these issues you could spend an hour talking about. So, um, 
yeah, we want to we want to model that kind of character. And I think that the character piece is something you can teach, but it's it's more caught than it's taught. And so as a mm -hmm. as a youth pastor, as a leader, a, a, you know, pastor at the church, what we want to be doing when we do answer these challenges is model. Hey, you know what? Maybe this is a good challenge. And so sometimes in my videos, I'll start, you know, what? this is a good challenge. This is it's a fair question. And I get, you know, I get pushback. People are like, that's not fair. That's not a good question. You know, what? I'm just like, like Paul did when he walked into the Areopagus and he said, I see you guys are very religious. He compliments them. You know, they're all a bunch of idolaters, by the way. They're worshiping thousands of gods in Acts 17, you know, and he says, you, it seems like you guys are very religious. So um, I think we got to have, and, and here's some homework for people, read Acts 17 and see the kind of spirit that, that Paul has as he's engaging people that have a radically different worldview. And, and you'll see that he models just this amazing, a tender heart. I mean, he goes after their argument, but he also does it in a way that's gentle and full of respect. And that's how we should model ourselves. Yeah. And if you yeah. want further information on that, you can watch Tim Barnett's teachings on how to become an apologist. There you which, go. <laughs> dad jokes. That was my favorite title of any of your talks because that's my world. Thanks. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, is this Jordan is renowned for dad jokes and it's been a while jordan i was i was hoping we were past this but no renewed That's... vigor with the introduction of boaz yeah. but <laughs> yeah. it's also fun to watch uh to read later in acts when paul starts defending his faith in front of uh when he's on trial it's like i'm on trial mm -hmm. because i believe in the resurrection and then he just sits back mm -hmm. and watches the the building just explode on itself and he just i just imagine yeah. him in handcuffs just watching the two groups go toe to toe <laughs> Well, he's innocent. Yeah. No, he's especially guilty now. And oh man, yeah. So, so go ahead, Jordan. Yeah, I was just gonna wrap this up here today for this episode. And uh, Tim, those are great words. Thank you. And I, I think covering today, we talked a little bit about content specifically and, and dealing with how to introduce it to students in an engaging way. Um, but I think one thing that I want to close with too is like we we started talking a little bit about the how. How do we process? How do we have this um, conversation? And uh, Greg Kukul, I think, wrote Tactics, right? Mm -hmm. the, the book. That's so right. that's an, a great resource to think through. How do we engage with people with differing perspectives? And lots of questions that we can ask, like, how do you know that to be true? Or what do you mean by that? And how do we engage people? So we're not, so we're equipping our students with more than just a response of get up and leave or yell and try to shut down, but we can have conversation and, and be Christ to these people. Um, and, and remember too, that when we're dealing with these issues, a lot of the people that we're going to encounter, according to scripture, are living a life of deception and they genuinely yeah. don't know. Um, so in that we can have compassion for them and and pray that the Lord would be maybe even using us through the Holy Spirit to, to touch their hearts and life. So uh, I hope this gives you something to think about as you are working with coming up with your calendar for next year or future events, different things. How do we expose students in a meaningful way and get them engaged and see the validity and value of this and, and train them to have those conversations. Um, so hopefully you have some stuff for your tool belt after this. And as always, we pray that you go in peace and serve the Lord.
Thanks for listening to Flyover Ministry. You can find, follow, and give feedback on our Instagram and Facebook pages at Flyover Ministry. You can also get in contact with us on our Gmail account, flyoverministrypodcast at gmail.com. You can find other episodes that we've recorded on iTunes and Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, and please feel free to share them with a friend. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.